Hello there. Um, it's time for trimester two episode. Um, yeah, I'm back uh, on my mic, so the sound quality, well, I hope is better. But I don't think there's anything wrong with the last episode. I but I did record that on my phone, so if you notice a difference, that's why. Um, yeah. Anyway. Had a pretty big appointment today um, with a GP that specialises in obstetrics, um, just in regards to my mental health. Um, big, big appointment, amazing doctor, um, feeling very, um, how would I say it? Lots of feelings. <laughs> um some good feelings, uh, some apprehension, some frustration, some, yeah, just, um, yeah, a mixture. And I was in kind of two minds about recording this episode today, but I thought, no, I think it'll be good for me. And yeah, um, I feel like I probably want to go into more detail on the appointment in the third trimester episode, obviously, because that's where I'm currently at. Um, and today just really wanted to focus on second trimester and my experience with that and wanted to also play you a song that I wrote for my baby. Um, so yeah, thought I could slip that in there somewhere. Um, I can't remember when I wrote it, which actually, no, didn't date it. Typical me. Um, I've got a bit of paper with my song that I've written down on it. Um, and yeah, I haven't, I haven't, um, I haven't, um, anyway, that's all right. Everything's okay. I might have, I'm just wondering if I wrote it in the third trimester. No, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure I wrote it in the second. Anyway, um, so pretty much picking up where I left off. So I was talking about the 12 week scan. Um, so the next time I've written in my journal was at the 15 week mark and I've just noted I wasn't feeling the best um had a having a rough time at work um and lots of hormonal headaches so I'm someone that typically suffers from headaches um and I actually didn't have any in the first trimester which was amazing and then second trimester they came back but not for too long actually which was um really lucky um I actually changed psychologists it it's so weird I go to say this stuff and I'm like, oh, like stigma and like, oh my gosh, people are going to know I saw a psychologist. And I'm like, hang on a minute, you're a psychologist and you're on a, like a psychologist podcast. If anyone can say this stuff, it's you just normalize it and get it out there. And it's like, okay, yes, that's right. So, <laughs> um, I saw a different psychologist to my normal one. Um, I think it's really important to acknowledge that some psychologists are good for some issues and some are better at others. And in particular with my pregnancy, um, the psychologist I normally see, she's great, right? But she's very matter of fact and direct and quite a, she, she goes straight into problem solving and right. He's like, okay, here's what we need to do. Now, that can be so useful when 
there's obviously things in your life that um, require that approach. In pregnancy, though, I feel like um, I personally needed someone that was just going to meet me where I was at, not particularly give me advice, but just hear me out, validate me, understand where I was coming from, sit with me in these heavy emotions, let me have a big cry if I needed to. So, um, yeah, I got another referral and I've been seeing a different psychologist and that's been really helpful. Um, And she's just very soft and gentle and exactly what I need right now. So I think I just want to, you know, give that message out there that there's nothing wrong with changing psychologists, whether it's because you didn't gel with the first one you tried and you've seen them once or twice and you're like, no, not my person. Or it's someone you've seen for a long time, but you think, no, I just need a different approach. And there's nothing to stop you from seeing both. Obviously, they're both going to um, take sessions off your mental health care plan. So ideally, you'd want to like either let either one of them know or just be on top of counting it yourself with the 10 current sessions that you get per year. Um, or you can just swap to one. And then if you want to go back to the old one at some stage, you can do that too. So just, I really wanted to share that to show that I'm a psychologist and this is okay. This is normal. Um, there'll be times where you have to change therapists and that's okay. There's nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to feel bad about. Um, you do what's right for you. And at the end of the day, as coming from a psychologist, I would prefer my clients to see someone they gel with and get the most out of rather than just like coming back to me because they think they have to. So anyway, important, important message to get across. Um, um, yeah. Oh, and I just, what was so beautiful about seeing this other psychologist is I noted her style was actually quite similar to mine and is literally just what I need right now. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. And one of my beautiful friends, um, put me on to her friend that is a doula in training and, oh, she's so cool. She's a groovy chick and she just gave me so much information. Um, we had like a FaceTime session and then she also like texted me all these resources and, so positive like I came out of it going I've got this I I can do this um in particular she mentioned things like the YouTube channel called the positive birth company um and and watching videos of positive birth stories um she recommended a website called spinning babies which is really cool for changing the baby's position inside your uterus so if for some reason, the baby's not in the optimal position um, up to and including labor and delivery. You can actually like turn them around by doing these cool like yoga poses, which is amazing. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing a bit of that. Um, I've averaged probably during the like session maybe once a week. They suggest you do it like several times a week, but then they also say, once a week is better than none a week. So anyway, um, yeah. And she just, oh, she recommended eating dates, um, for at least the last four weeks of pregnancy. It just, it does a lot to like soften the cervix and actually make labor 
shorter. Like they've done actual research on it, which is pretty cool. I actually started eating dates like really early. I think, well, how many weeks was I when I spoke to her? Um, let's say about 16 weeks. Um, I wasn't eating heaps of them, but I just started eating them. And now I have like two or three of the medjool <laughs> dates. They're massive. You just get them from Woolies. But they come in like a little pack and they're in the fridge section. Um, you can get the other dates. I can't remember what they're called, but they're like the smaller ones. The, they're pretty much just as good, but you have to eat like six of them as opposed to three of the medjool. So anyway, but that's been something, yeah, I've been doing since about 16 weeks. Um, and she suggested, you know, having a birth plan, um, yeah, hypnobirthing, getting into that, if that was of interest to me, going to birthing classes, um, yeah, just lots of really helpful information, um, books to read, songs to listen to. And then one of my gorgeous friends um, sent me like a list of all the like necessities you actually need for Bub and yourself and then like an optional list at the bottom. And that was so helpful because when you're in, well, when you just get pregnant, you're like, I don't know what I need. Like you immediately like, yeah, cotton a pram. Yeah, cool. But then you realize actually there's a lot more to it. So having a full list of all the things that you need, even going to my friend's place, seeing those things in person, having her go, nah, don't get one of those because like, it's not, you know, you hardly use it or the bub uses it for like three months and then it just sits there. So it was really good knowing that. Um, one of those things was the, like getting a car capsule where you can, it's like a baby seat for the car for when they're like really little, little newborns. And then you can take them in and out of the car and, you can generally only use them for, I think, like three, maybe max six months because then they get too big. And so you got to kind of weigh up, do I need that? Same thing with like a bassinet on a pram. Where we live here, like we don't have like amazing paved pathways everywhere. Um, paved pathways, is that a thing? My husband who's worked in concrete would be... <laughs> <laughs> like what are you talking about you know what I mean like concrete flat footpaths like that are sturdy and stable and yeah minimal minimal bounce and so when I was at the baby expo they were trying to flog me this pram deal with a bassinet and a you know and then the actual seat and blah 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 and a travel pram and all this other stuff and I was like I don't want I just want the pram and we ended up swapping out the bassinet for a second seat because we do plan on having a second bubs, you know, someday. And the reason for that is because, like I was saying, um, I'm going to have the pram pretty much like on the road a lot to walk bubs. And the bassinet, they're not like strapped in. So he'll just be like flailing around in there. Um, and you generally can only use them for about the first six months. And then that's it. And you can't like, like they're not meant to sleep in them. Like. You're just limited in what you can do. And I'm like, do I need that? Not really. So I got a second seat. I got a newborn insert for the pram. So it's kind of just like thinking ahead. Like, do I need that? How long will that serve me for? Um, things like that. Anyway, super helpful list that my friend gave me. Um, 
And yeah, then got right into spinning babies. Um, saw the psychologist again. Like I just, I generally write down like a little note after the sessions I've had. Um, I've written someone to listen and offload or download to. Super validating and reassuring. Very excited about my pregnancy. Um, actually helped me remember some things my other psychologist had said that was really helpful. Um, yeah, oh, and I'm a person prone to feeling guilt and like over stupid things and reasons. Like I just feel guilty and it's like, why are you feeling guilty for that? And she helped me understand that guilt is usually a product of stress. So if you're stressed, you're more prone to feeling guilty. So that's really helped me to, to see it as that. Um, yeah. And what else? Oh, yeah, we chose a boy's name on the 8th of October. Wow, that was that seems like a lifetime ago. That's crazy. Um, I was 18 weeks, nearly 18 weeks. Um, I think I had my first midwife appointment, yeah, around then. And my husband came with me. Um, and that was so cool. Like I met my midwife who's been my like constant midwife throughout and she's just so lovely. Um, answered all my questions. I got to see the hospital and the birthing suites and I felt really calm there. Like it was such a quiet ward and I just felt really supported and positive about my birth. And that's continued by the way, like up until now and I'm sure will continue to continue. Um, we actually then had the gender scans. Like I know I've already been talking about the fact that he's a boy. Um, but we went and had a, an additional scan between the 12 and the 20 week. Cause I'm just one of those people that doesn't like to wait. Like I like to, <laughs> um, yeah, do little extra things if I can. And just for my own reassurance. Um, and that was a really positive scan. It was so beautiful. It was like in this little clinic, private clinic. Lovely lady, big screen, um, beautiful old like wooden cottage with just like really positive vibes and, you know, like a, a nice dimly lit room with aromatherapy and it was just so beautiful and it was so exciting because we went there obviously to find the gender out and the lady said like she was scanning and I think both me and my husband saw a little <laughs> weenie and we were like... Oh, and then she kind of, yeah, at that point she knew, but she wanted to actually double check and then sure enough, double checked and yep, it was a little weenie. So that was, um, yeah, pretty cool experience. And look, um, both my husband and I wanted a boy. Um, I know you don't get to pick. I know it's just luck of the draw. I think, um, for me personally, it was, just like I've always wanted an older brother and I'm an only child so I knew that wasn't going to be possible um particularly because I'm already born um but that's something yeah I didn't have and just I don't know I just had had this desire to have a little boy and, and sure enough I'm having a little boy and for my husband I think I know it's a bit cliche but I think most men do want a son and look, one day I do obviously want a daughter, but again, I know you don't get to pick, so whatever happens, happens, but um, we're very 
obviously happy we're having a boy. We didn't think we'd have a boy because there's a lot of girls in our families. But then I look at the family tree now and go, wow, like all my cousins have had boys. So on my side, every cousin I have has had a boy. (laughs) And then on my husband's side, um, we've only got the one cousin that's had babies and she had a girl first, but now she's also got a boy. So anyway, yeah, so that was the gender scan. Um... My mood started to, like, pick up around this time. Um, Yeah, just feeling more excited, feeling little kicks. Um, Had a little baby moon. Um, (laughs) Rescued a baby possum. I know, crazy. Um, (laughs) Feeling more uncomfortable at 23 weeks. Wow. Jeez. If only I knew how I'd feel right now. <laughs> um, hormonal mood roller coaster. Having a pretty down day and then feel better the following day. Teary at the drop of a hat. Can't be bothered to do anything. Um, so that's kind of been a bit of a theme throughout my pregnancy. I feel like it's kind of gotten a bit more wavy, if that makes sense. So like, I felt in that first trimester into the second, it was just like this constant black dog. And then it's, it picked up through the second and then it's been like little like lulls of mood, um, between now and then. Oh, here we go. Wrote a song for baby. Um, that's what my psychologist suggested, which is so cool. She knows me well. She knows I'm a musician And I find, like, because I perform, sometimes I find my music is, like, such a chore for me. And I hate that. I hate feeling like that. But I can't help it. Um, And what's tricky about that is I get so much out of my music that when I'm not doing it, I feel like I'm missing something. Like, it's such a big part of myself. But then I can't get motivated enough to, like, actually do it. So, yeah, my psychologist suggested, why don't you write a song for your baby? And I was like, okay. (laughs) Initial thoughts, oh, this is so lame. Like, even now I look at the song and I'm like, it's a little bit lame. But then I play it and I'm like, oh, it's actually pretty beautiful. And I get quite emotional playing it and thinking about the words. And um, what better time than now to actually play you that song? So I'm just going to switch from... I've just switched over. You can probably hear the reverb. (laughs) My husband's like, you do way too much reverb when you sing. But anyway, I like it. I might just um, turn it down slightly. There we go. Alrighty. So this song's called Show Not Tell. And like I said, I wrote it. I should really put that date down somewhere. Um, at 23 weeks, it, it appears so in my diary. So here goes. The state of the world is uncertain and wild. Is it safe for us to bring in a child? So much negativity to filter out. Got our own values and 
just gone back to the narration vocal for the purposes of the podcast chat um hope you liked my song um yeah i'm really glad i wrote that i didn't want to (laughs) and i thought it was a bit cringe at the time but now i'm looking back i'm really glad i wrote that because it captures yeah the time um of like how exactly how I was feeling then and still feel now. Oh dear, sorry about that. So authentic ASMR happening in the background here with some pens. Um so what I wanted to finish off talking about, um so it pretty much jumps from uh, a journal entry from twenty-five weeks and then it jumps to thirty weeks. So I'll finish off with a twenty-five week one and then we'll talk about the 30-week one next time at my trimester three episode. Um, yes. So um, my mum and I went up to the Baby Expo in Brisbane. Um, I was 25 weeks and five days. And we made a bit of a trip of it, stayed at a lovely um, hotel up there, went out for dinner. Um, and my mum actually like put her hand on my belly and felt my bubba move for the first time, which was really special. Um, yeah, I kind of like going to the expo, I was like, as a HSP knowing this is going to be pretty full on. Um, and just went into it with the mindset of, okay, what do I actually need? And the whole purpose of us going there was we wanted to get the big ticket items like the cot and the pram. That was like our objective, right? 
And um, we did. We got a beautiful cot. Um, very pleased with it. We won't talk about how long it took to get delivered here. But anyway, that's another story. Um, but yeah, like really unique. Like I'd never seen anything like it. It's got like um, Perspex panels on the side so you can see bub. Like it's really cool. And the awesome thing about it is you can use it from when they're newborn all the way up until like they're five years old. So it like converts take the sides off you can drop the mattress down it's pretty groovy so stoked we got that and then so it was good just to like be able to see the cots in person and like go around um, certain stalls and compare them and then the other really cool thing was picking out a pram so um oh i can't even remember how many pram stalls there were i'm gonna say up to 10 right 10 different brands and so we started at one and then we went to another one and then another one. And there was like a pram track as well. So you could wheel the prams around and get a sense of how heavy they were and how they handled different terrains. Um, and the one I selected, I just knew, like I just felt really comfortable with it at the time. You get to like fully pull them apart, put them back together again, fold them up and down, like... They just, yeah, show you all the features. But what was great about this was at the expo, you've got so many different brands to choose from and see the features of each one and kind of assess the pros and cons. And funnily enough, the one my hubby and I had our hearts set on, it was so heavy. Like it had so much metal in it. And I was like, no, nah, I can't. I can't do it. I can't get this pram because I was just like, I can't pick this up. Like if I'm going to have to get this in and out of the car, like I'm not doing it. So didn't end up going with that one, but went with one I thought I might like um, anyway. And that, and I, um, so at the expos, they have like package deals and that's what I said. I swapped out the, um, the bassinet for a second seat and very glad I did. Um, so yeah, I went in there with the mindset, get the big ticket items and then realized pretty much everything else there was just a bit of fluff as in <laughs> stuff you don't necessarily need, but you could get um, like there's so many like baby clothes and then maternity clothes and all this like postpartum stuff and formulas and zero wines and just, yeah and teas and and look each to their own like I'm not saying I don't have any of those things but they're they're not essential I don't think and so I gave myself the time at the start like a few hours just to focus on those big ticket items and then had a little bit more time to kind of um mosey around the other stalls and go okay what else do I really need um what was super helpful was there was a store with baby hats and it's so hard to know like what size you need and what season it's going to be and like it's just really overwhelming and I went up to this lady I was like okay bub's due in March what do you think and she goes okay so first and foremost here's a free newborn hat <laughs> I was like thank you and she's like and then by the time your bub's grown out of this it'll be winter so you just need a beanie and I was like well I'm obviously going to crochet myself one of those I've been crochet fanatic since I found out I was pregnant um, and I have already crocheted the beanie um, and a myriad of other things for the nursery um, so yeah she was like okay so free in your bond hat then he'll be in the beanie and then 
um, the hat that I had in my hand, she was like, and then that's perfect for spring. And I was like, this lady just, oh my gosh, can she just come with me everywhere? Cause she just <laughs> made it make so much sense. So that was really helpful. Um, I got a beautiful maternity and nursing dress that I'm actually wearing right now by a lovely brand called Rex and Isla. Check them out. Beautiful designs and patterns. Um, yeah. I won't go into other brands. I'm not a, yeah, that's not what I'm here for. Um, but yeah, it was pretty, like it was, it was overwhelming, the expo. Um, I'm not going to deny that. But it was very helpful going in there with the mindset of, okay, this is actually what I need. Anything else is a bonus. And after a certain amount of time, I'm going to go. Like, I'm not just going to stay there till it closes because I feel like I have to. What I was really surprised about was there was like no freebies. I think the only freebies we got was some swaddles from the Super Amart store. Stall, sorry. And you would not think you would get swaddles from Super Amart. Anyway random but they give you like this big bag as you go in and then there's like nothing to put in the bag other than the stuff you personally buy and so that was a bit yeah a bit of a disappointment because I think you think oh expo like I'm gonna get all this free shit and I didn't and that was really annoying but anyway it is what it is I understand like it'd be a big cost for them to give out lots of free products however it's also bloody good advertising um, and most stalls instead of, I guess the free products, they all had like a, a prize draw that you could enter, which would be a lot more cost effective. And I'm so disappointed because I entered every goddamn prize draw that was there. Like there would have been, oh my gosh, like 30 to 50 prize entry opportunities. Didn't win a single one, rude. But then you think of how many people were there and you're like, okay, fair enough. Plus it was like we went for one day and it was a two-day expo. So you think of like there'd be thousands of people coming through. So fair enough. Like odds odds are not in my favor, but I was just like, I wanted to win something. Um, <laughs> and then, oh, that night they like sent us a thing saying, come back tomorrow for free. And I'm like, yeah, no, I've had enough. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to share something though. One lady there was this stall and I had no idea what it was about, but I just didn't like the vibe and I didn't go over there. And this lady from that store walked like right over to me and goes, wishing you a safe pregnancy. And I was like, thank you. And she gave me this brochure and I just threw it in my bag. Didn't think anything of it. And when I got back to the hotel and I apologize if this is triggering for some people, um, it certainly triggered me. But it was a pamphlet on stillbirths. And I was like, what the flip? Like, it really upset me because I was like, are you kidding? Like, it was all these statistics. And the way that the statistics were framed were not very positive. Like, they were, the numbers were like quite small. If that, like, the ratio was low. And that makes it so much scarier than a bigger ratio. Um, and it was like all this advice on how to prevent it, which I get, it's fair enough, but the biggest thing you can do to prevent it is to not sleep on your back from around 20 weeks. And I'm already doing that. And that's like the first thing your doctors and midwives tell you. And I just did not need this pamphlet. It was not HSP friendly. 
It was not anyone friendly. And yeah, I was actually really pissed off that I had to get that off someone. And I had a bit of a meltdown, (laughs) my poor mum. Oh dear. I just, yeah, overwhelmed with emotion. Um, I spent about two hours trying to figure out what we're going to have for dinner. Like we're like, let's get Uber Eats. And I was just going around in circles on this app because I was so much in my head around, I can't eat that when I'm pregnant and I can't eat this because that's a risk and blah, 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 blah. And just could not decide. So we ended up just getting room service and getting a pizza, which actually turned out to be pretty damn nice. Anyway. Um, yes. Oh, and what was really cool was my mum brought her journals from when she was pregnant with me and she like read out all of her experiences across her pregnancy. And it was so cool. Like, and what was even cooler was the fact that both like I was obviously during March and born in March and my baby's during March. So her like, um, experience of like the seasons and stuff, like being heavily pregnant in summer and being sitting around the pool. Like I was like, that's so cool. We're like on the same kind of journey with it throughout a year and throughout the season. So that was really nice. And look, I'll leave it at that. And then I'll come back and do a trimester three episode or third trimester episode. Um, I'm, I'm going to do it before this baby's born, all right, because I'm only 36 and 5. He's still got some cooking to do in there. And if I hear one more person say, oh, he can come at any time. Oh, he might be early. I will flip my lid. No. <laughs> oh, it's just crazy, like, the number of people that say that and how you're so, like, ah, oh, the focus in the third trimester because you're so much bigger Like first trimester, no one even knows you're pregnant. One, because you generally don't tell people and two, because you're obviously not showing yet. Second trimester, you can get away with it. Like you just wear flowy dresses. No one knows. Or even if you wear something tight, you look like you've just had a bit too much pizza. Like, (laughs) but third trimester, it's like, hello world, this is me. And it's like in everyone's face and everyone's like, oh my God, you're pregnant. And you just turn into this pregnant vessel and everyone just thinks it's a freefer to give you shit. And you're like, awesome. I just will not leave my house. And then it's like really isolating. Anyway, I digress. I will go into that more in the third trimester. Um, But obviously that's on my mind because that's where I'm currently at. Um, so stay tuned. That episode is coming. I hope you enjoyed trimester two episode chat and the song. And I wish you all the best with wherever you're at with life. And if you're pregnant with your pregnancy journey and I will talk to you again soon. Bye. Psych on the mic. Psych on the mic. Psych on the mic.